You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. That the New York Giants were holding Fan Appreciation Day at MetLife Stadium. My first thought was they're giving out throwback jerseys. Phil Sims, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, you know, whatever. Pick your favorite Make jersey. Make you think of the good old days. Yeah, like every season ticket holder is going to walk out of there with an old school throwback jersey. And I said, you know what? As bad as it is, and it has been, I at least will respect the fact that the Giants are trying to make Christmas a little better for the fan base. But then I looked into it. They are not giving away throwback jerseys. All right. Not giving them away jerseys. Maybe a snapback hat or something? Oh, a snapback hat or a a Christmas wool hat. Oh, that'd be cool. Like a winter hat. Giant logo on it. Inexpensive. Fanatics, I'm sure, can make him right quick for him. Every season ticket holder gets a New York Giant hat. Fan Appreciation Day. Now, that is not what you're getting. Then I said, oh, I got a great idea. They're going to give you free parking. Oh, that'd Parking's be great. expensive. That would be great. So if you're a season ticket holder, you, you swipe your little thing, your phone when you come in, please park wherever you'd like. It's on us. Perfect. They are not giving you free parking. No, they are not. Sorry, they're not. Here's what the New York Giants decided. After another losing season, despite having the worst record in all of football collectively over a five-year span now, the New York Giants decided that the thing that you want most, the thing that's going to make you most appreciative of the organization was a medium Pepsi. So we get a medium soda. So uh, what do you think the three angry giant fans would have for a fan appreciation day? Would we, uh, would we start with like, uh, you know, kicking the nuts or something? Is it, is that, is that appropriate? Uh, free medium soda is better than a kick in the nuts, right? Maybe that's what some people would say. No, I, I think for the three angry giants fans, we get to take our medium soda and throw it at Mara's face from 10 yards. That, so everyone take a, take a toss. I love how you can't even give out large, you know, soda to get a medium. You know why? Because that has to be in a souvenir cup. They don't want to give the souvenir cup away. Oh, man. You know, giant fans, we're not suffering enough to even get uh, tossed, a, you know, a large soda. We got to get a medium. And of course, this giveaway reminds me of uh, a game at the old Giant Stadium a long time ago in Section 130. Um, this is what the Giants should have done, but uh, they, they decided to give away medium uh, Pepsis. But. Um, Giants had just lost a brutal game. I uh, can't remember who the opponent was, but, you know, it was like one of those uh, lost on a last second field goal kind of thing. And everyone's leaving the section kind of stunned. And I'm standing there and our seats in the lower deck in section 130 were right above uh, or below rather the uh, upper deck um, overhang. So we're getting ready to leave. It was my buddy Lowe and my, and, and, and my brother. And all of a sudden, the guy two rows in front of us gets just hit and pelted with a loaded hot dog ketchup, mustard, relish, the whole, you know, the whole nine yards hits him like in like the neck area, the hot dog runs down his shoulder, down his sleeve, the whole thing. And that's one of those situations where you're just looking up at the sky, like pissed off at somebody like who can you, you can't even point somebody out the overhang. You're just looking at cement. (laughs) Like there's nothing that you could even like get pissed off about. You know, the guy, (laughs) and we were saying, 
<laughs> we were thinking a couple things. One, like a stadium hot dog, the old days, though, I love those things. They, they were great. So, like, to, the idea of just throwing one, you know, who loads up a hot dog at the end of the game and just throws it? <laughs> And the hot dog vendors were long gone by then. So, like, did the guy have it hanging around? Like, was it an extra one that he hadn't eaten, like, you know, since the third quarter? Where did it come from? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, why why do you go through the trouble to load it up if you're going to toss it? If you're getting a hot dog to toss, you know, you just put just mustard on it. Just, you know, just (laughs) something brutal, you know. But if you, you know, load it up with chili and some onion, I mean, that's not a tosser. Exactly. (laughs) Like. There's, but in that situation, there's nothing you can do there. You're just, you know, there's a couple things. I, I, I think I may have shared this story on this podcast, or I'm pretty sure, but I, I definitely have shared it with you guys. I'm sure, uh, you know, like in private at, at one of our, you know, parties or something. Um, Giants at Tampa Bay, the 2008 wild card game. My brother and I traveled down to Tampa to go to that game. Giants won that game, and as I was driving my car, I drove here from Charlotte. My brother flew in. And as we're driving out of the stadium, some guy in a pickup truck, some redneck in a pickup truck, obviously, you know, a Tampa fan, sees that we're, you know, we have our giant jerseys on and throws a loaded meatball sandwich at my (laughs) my windshield and, like, drives off. So I have now marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, bread, the whole thing. Like, and it was a damn good-looking sandwich, too. This thing is smeared across my whole windshield. I had to, you know, I'm in bumper-to-bumper traffic. We had to. I don't even think I got out of the car to remove it. I used my wipers, and all I did was smear the uh, cheese. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but who throws a sandwich at you? I know. In I mean, I would have rather the guy told me to, like, fuck off or give me the finger or something like that. Yeah. That would have been more, res- you know, hey, I can respect that. Guy throws a meatball sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would. I, you know, there's nothing that could piss me off enough to throw him. If I had a meatball sandwich... There was nothing that could piss me off enough for me to throw a meatball sandwich at you. Not not even the way the Giants are playing? No, I'd find something else. I'd pick up a rock, man. I don't, yeah. This begs the question now. Like, this should be our question from one of our listeners. Like, what currently, based on this theme, what should we be throwing at the Giants? Molotov cocktails, maybe? Like, what, what should we be, we be throwing at this team as they're walking on and off the field? Think about it. Maybe the snowballs, like the, the Chargers in 1995, the snowball game. Can we launch a bunch of ice balls at these guys? I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. We should probably. It sounds like we should be throwing some steroids at them, or or some, you know, something, uh, something to try to make them better. You know, <laughs> throw something down there at Solder. Solder, try some steroids, you, you son of a bitch. I'll tell you what, we would throw down is throw down either, uh, you know, just fucking different players. Throw down a bunch of Kansas City Chiefs, or, or you know. Throw down different players with different jerseys on. That's and helmets. That's the only wanna, thing we. Should, that I want to throw down a trident just to say I threw a trident. <laughs> Scott, you had a trident. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you, you know what I thought about when there was fan appreciation day and everyone was talking about the medium soda. All I could think of was was Roddy Piper going to Jimmy Fly Snooker one time. Do you want a coconut? Slapping it in his Piper's face. pit. Piper's pit. That's all I could think of. He took, he took bananas, coconut, pineapples, and was like jamming it down Snooker's throat. Remember? <laughs> Both of them. R.I.P. You know? Yeah. I, so. I just don't. I, I just don't get it. I, that is so tone deaf. I. How could no one say, uh, Mr. Mary, you shitting me? Like, you can't. You can't do that. You, you can't. It's not even 
You can't do mm-hmm. it. It's like sitting around the uh, the table when when Costanza wants to put snow tires, have snow tire day, at Yankee Stadium. This is what this is like. <laughs> like, like why? You know, why could you give like a bobblehead? Give, give like a stray hand bobblehead. Give something away. Give you know, I I, I don't think you want to do a Glennon bobblehead because the neck would be gigantic. Oh, but God, you know, yeah. give, give some kind of physical thing that someone takes away. A soda's not only is a soda gone in five minutes, but it wasn't even a soda per person. It was a soda per like group of ticket holders. So if you had four tickets, you get one medium soda for your group. So what do you got to do? Get fucking four straws and like share the soda yeah. across the Mini, aisle? Mini cups, maybe. I, you know, it's, the soda's it's, probably uh, flat. Does it come in? That, remember the Harry M. Remember the Harry Stevens cups back in the old day? Yeah. Remember those Harry things? Did it come in one of those? You know, it's it really it really is by the product they've put on the field, and then this, which is much less offensive, but still, it's just it just shows you. These guys are so far out of touch with the fan. It, it's a, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, I, I can't see this flying if Wellington's here. I can't. About, I can't I mean, imagine it. You want to really give us something like, how about giving us, a, you know, an eight inch by two inch dildo with a giant logo on it so we can like shove it down our throat and then stick up our ass and sit there the rest of yeah. the game with that. That's, you know, how about that? Because that's what it feels like watching this team. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, it, it's like a bad commercial that you watch on TV. You always think to yourself, who got this out of the boardroom? Who said that there was a consensus in the boardroom? Let's go ahead and do this. This commercial's great. Like the same thing Mike just said. Who sat in that boardroom and said, you know what? Medium sodas for everyone. Oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be like the talk of the town. Medium sodas, baby. Yeah, I. I, I to Cardone's point at the beginning, how did it get to medium? Like, did it start small and someone said, hey? <laughs> That that's a little insulting. Let's make them mediums. <laughs> or did it start like with a souvenir cup and they did the math and Mara's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> nah. Let's go medium one per group. I mean, how do how do we get to medium one per group? Or it's like Elaine Bennis at the at the movie theater where she was trying to order a small. She's like, there is no small. It's only medium. Well, can I have a large popcorn? That's medium now. Like there's <laughs> there is no small anymore. So the medium is the small. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a good point. Is there a small, or do they call? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's no small. I think the medium is the small. Wait, what if I don't like Pepsi? By the way, what if I don't like Pepsi? Mm -hmm. Is was any Pepsi product? I I think this was like a co-marketing agreement with Pepsi, and they said, "Ah, we can only give away mediums." So, so we are, we, we've been going on this for like six minutes. So we are the thing, three. It's a good we, thing we didn't lose a game this week or anything. <laughs> yeah. We, we, scores, we'll the, scores and the results are irrelevant, Mike. Come on. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we are the three Angry Giant fans, which is the longest intro we've had in our existence <laughs> in this pod. Uh, so this is your host, Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. And um, well, while we're bitching about the uh, fan appreciation day, let's give a shout out. Hello. Vienna, Virginia. Vienna, Virginia. I don't know if that's where the Vienna sausages come from, but that's exactly I what so. I think of. Yeah, that's the first thing. Well, that or give a shout out to my to Billy Joel Nation out there. Vienna, Virginia waits for you. Vienna waits for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got V squared there. Vienna, Virginia. I like Vienna, it. Vienna, Virginia. Happy Festivus, Vienna, Virginia. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. Festivus right poll on. is up. 
Festivus for the rest of us. We we got the news that the carpenter told us weeks ago that Jones is shut down for the year. Um, And as we watched this game against Dallas, I mean, Mike Glennon looked terrible. I think he had 60 yards in the third quarter. Yeah. And here's the thing about Glennon. Like his ball actually looks pretty. And then the camera scans downfield and you think, what the fuck? It's like the ball's either going completely nowhere near the receiver or it's going right to a defender. It, it, it is the oddest thing. He throws he throws a ball that you think is a a perfect ball, and it's nowhere near the intended target. <laughs> it's inexplicable, isn't it? Yeah. I don't he's, know. You know, he's uh, my opinion on Glennon. I went back and watched the game, of course, uh, because you know I, I my hobbies are that and having someone just kick me right in the nuts. So, <laughs> um, so I I enjoy. That sort of thing. Um, Glennon actually, I mean, despite his numbers, wasn't wasn't like disgustingly bad. You know what he looks like? He looks like a backup, ca- a low level backup caliber uh, NFL quarterback behind a shitty offensive line. That's what he. <laughs> that's what he looks like. That's basically what he is. But doesn't that just again? I know he's the backup, but again, it's just sort of just who the Giants are, right? They just trot out what looks like a 1980s or early 90s type of backup that just doesn't look like he can compete in this league. Because, again, I pointed again this week, and I was going to bring this up, um, you know, like Tyler Huntley Huntley with Baltimore, Mm -hmm. right? Lamar Jackson's been down. I'm watching this guy play, and that was a pretty decent game as far as NFL games go, which have been, you know, just sucked lately, it seems like, Um, you know, uh, against Green Bay. Uh, although Harbaugh went for it again at the end of the game, it got burned uh, with a two-point conversion uh, again, and so they didn't get the win. But I'm watching Tyler Huntley compete at a pretty high level. I'm thinking to myself, we don't have that even uh, in any capacity. We got Mike Glennon running around. Now, granted, behind a pathetic offensive line in the Giants' offensive line, we know that. But again, it's just the the roster. This team is not we we're, we don't have any pieces to win anything at this point, guys. Nothing. I'm I'm going way back in the archives here, but it he reminds me of Jerry Goldstein. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea who that is. I really don't. I don't remember that name at all. He was like was, a backup quarterback in like '76, '77, one of those years. It sounds like it sounds like a pinch hitter or the backup first baseman for the New York Mets back in like sounds 80s, like it my, like my accountant. <laughs> hey, Bob, get Jerry Goldstein on the phone. I got to see if this investment's been good. No, I mean it's, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame the Giants on the backup quarterback with Glennon. I mean, any quarterback that comes in and mop up duty is not going to do well. And here's what I don't understand: we know we have backups at most positions, including quarterback with Glennon. So why is is it like so? over the top that we suck. I mean, to me, it's just, to me, it's expected. We suck. Like I don't expect us to win another game, except maybe when we play the Chicago bears and we'll get into the Chicago bears a little bit later, but I see what we're putting on the field. And I'm like, you know, for us to even compete, to look like we're okay is fine. But here's what I do say. I've seen three games with Glennon and I could tell you for sure right now, Daniel Jones was not the problem. With this mm-hmm. offense, good point. This offense is is just terrible, yep. regardless of who the quarterback is. Agreed. Yeah. You know, to to Scott's point earlier, or to, I'm sorry, to both of your points earlier, actually, 
Um, Chris, I don't know if you saw it this week, but our old friend Nick Mullins got trotted out this week <laughs> and was like, to your point, was com- yep. was competitive. Wow. Uh, Wait, a minute. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna take exception with that because Joe Thomas put a tweet out there saying Nick Mullins is magical. And then you look at the byline. Magical. Nick Mullins threw for 148 yards and I'm, produced what 13 points? I'm pretty sure Joe Thomas was being that was tongue in cheek. I, I, I don't can't. think so. I think he was sweating watching that game. <laughs> well, we don't have <laughs> I didn't set it a cooler. I had to look at it a couple times, Mike, but I'm glad you brought up Mullen, our, our friend Mullins up who, who just, you know, di- you know, just torched us last year. Right. Of course, when he was in a 90 uniform, we, we, we made uh, you know, we, we highlighted that to a large extent, but um, yeah, I saw the end Mullins and I'm like, just like, you know, uh, Seinfeld, is that Johnson from sales? You know, I was thinking like, is that Nick Mullins, the keyboardist from Duran Duran? It is. <laughs> He's back, baby. He's back. I'm back. Back. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you get like you think of like Jacksonville, right? And they they've got a backup quarterback. They have no intention of playing. And, you know, they're a shitty ass team. And I'm going back like to last year, the year before. And someone gets hurt and they, you know, they trot out a backup who shouldn't it by any rights be on an NFL roster. And he and he competes and he wins a couple games. You know, someone like Gardner Minshew, right? I think that's exactly who I'm thinking of, uh, <laughs> actually. But but that never happens for the Giants. Like, thank God. Eli was so competitive because we had nobody who could play behind Eli ever. Uh, no. Thank God he was such a gamer and just got up every time. Um, but yeah, th- this is, this is awful. And you know, I, I, I see the Twitter calls for from, and I agree with them at this point, because how can it be any worse? It just doesn't matter who you play, but the, the Twitter calls for from, I believe are all for the wrong reason. Like the, the Twitter calls for from think this guy's going to compete with Daniel Jones has a chance to to be the giant starter. Um, yeah, my twi- my call for Fromm is just who gives a shit. I just want to see something different. Yeah, yeah. Fromm can't be any worse than Glennon. Yeah, he's not going to be better than Daniel Jones, but he can't be any worse than Glennon. And, and yeah. I'll tell you what, Fromm Fromm had a lot of of positives going for him in that last drive because Dallas was playing a prevent defense yeah, yeah. And, and he threw a couple of balls that had he thrown those in the, in the actual game of, uh, you know, when it was competitive, they would have been picked because they Probably. floated to the outside, but yeah. Uh, yeah. it was good to see him, you know, compete. Yeah. I like the guy. Uh, I like the guy when he played for Georgia and I'll tell you this, uh, the last time I ran through a, a Madden uh, franchise from was my career backup to Daniel Jones, actually. So that's, <laughs> kind of ironic and, and he got in and he won some big games for me uh <laughs> in my madden franchise <laughs> i don't know guys i am so cooked with this team i'm ready to hand in like you know a couple of weeks ago we were asked who our second favorite team in the league is well mine is changing like you know by the week at this point now it's it's i'm just ready to pick on uh, just pick or uh, just jump on anyone's bandwagon and at least for three hours the other night i found myself you know, we, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about teams rising up, right? And, t- and and this, you know, to our point just a, a few minutes ago, this giant team, it doesn't matter. Everyone has injuries. Everybody has COVID. Everybody has, you know, there are all kinds of stuff around the league that like this league, this year looks like none other right now. I don't know. I don't know who's good. I don't know what's going on. Teams are playing fucking on a Tuesday night right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, like I can't. Get, <laughs> but the one thing I do know is this giant team, they are not rising up to do a goddamn thing. And let me tell you, the game that stood out to my, you know, the, the, the most to me was that New Orleans Saints team and the game plan that they had on Monday, uh, you know, Monday night against Tampa. 
that was was it Monday night or was that Sunday night? I, I'm I'm leaving. That was uh, no, that was that was Sunday night. Sunday night, two nights ago. Um, and what I pointed to was I was thinking. Now, granted, they only put up nine points, right? So, but I was thinking, well, Jameis Winston, you know, they're they're you know starting quarterback. He's he's out for the year. So Taysom Hill is you know he's been you know I wouldn't exactly call him um you know a a true backup perhaps because he's you know has you know started a lot and that that kind of thing. But think about this, guys. Sean Payton, not coaching, was nowhere, not to be found on the sidelines. So you got Taysom Hill running quarterback, and you got Sean Payton, who's not even on the, their head coach, not even on the sidelines. And they come up with a game plan to shut down the, the Super Bowl champions and Tom Brady. Now, granted, you know, they lost Fournette, Godwin, and, um, you know, Evans all in the same game, which is unconscionable. But nonetheless, they had. They came up with a game plan that the Giants I would never, ever, ever you know throw that kind of game out there. It was it was incredible to watch that defensive out, output, and even on offense, they did enough to like do you know uh, get the job done. And that's something that this Giant team, even if we had all of our weapons and all, and even Daniel Jones and whom we're not we're not we're not winning that game. Well, now I you see now I I I did enjoy a certain aspect of the Giants game. I liked watching the defense play this week. So, you know, Bradbury played very well. Leonard Williams, in a lost season with a hurt elbow, is out there competing at a high level. Lorenzo Carter had a very good game. You know, I saw a guy fly around the 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 field on his first game as a Giant, Jalen Smith, making a couple good plays. So to me, I, the defense played actually well enough to win this game for us if we had anything on offense to compete with. Of course, we had Mike Glennon back there. Mike Glennon did nothing. And what, what this highlighted more to me more was not about the Giants. It was about the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not going to do anything this year. I, I sort of agree with that. I mean, you know, there are two touchdowns of the game. We're both on just, you know, ridiculous turnovers. Um that that set them up in, in good uh, good field position. The rest of the time, they they manage field goals, which you know that's going to another pet peeve. Again, field goals are can be okay in this league. This anti field goal sentiment we have in this league is is getting kind of out of hand. But um, uh, yeah, I, I just unimpressive. I mean, first of all, I, I wrote this down as my first note of the week, and this goes back even a little bit two years. Is there a less impressive player in the NFL who's considered a superstar than Ezekiel Elliott? <laughs> is there, no. I mean, seriously, is there, does he just do nothing for you? I mean, he just does nothing except for his spoon feed thing. I, I don't, I don't clown. get him. I'm way more afraid of Tony Pollard. It's not even close, actually. I, you know, if it's, it's ridiculous to like, like we mentioned last week to talk about turning points and things about this game. Cause it was never winnable at any point by the giants. But, um, I, I'm just, when Tony Pollard's in there, I'm way more afraid of a big mm-hmm. play than when Zeke's in there. It just doesn't concern me at all. Here's the concern about Dallas though, because, and you know, having just lost them, you know, this week and, and knowing that. It's not even about the this week. It's not even about the Giants getting a win. Honestly, it's sort of like yeah. trying to keep Dallas. I was thinking about their seeding, the playoff seeding, the whole nonsense in the NFC, and they are quietly the t- sitting in the two seed right now. The Dallas Cowboys are the two seed, and I was looking at the standings. And I'm thinking, well, I know they lost to Tampa on opening night. They have the same record, so I'm like, how is that possible? Oh, because now Arizona inexplicably got pasted. By the yeah. Detroit Lions, who's yeah. rising up the, over the last month. We, we can talk about another team rising up in the Detroit Lions, but that's not worth talking about. Um, 
So now Dallas has the type. They have a combined tiebreaker over Tampa and Arizona because of like conference record or something like that. And now they're only a game behind Green Bay. I looked at Dallas's last three games. They're winnable. Washington at home, Arizona at home is all of a sudden is a fraud. And at Philly, the, you know, so uh, and I, I didn't look at Green. I know I think Green Bay has Minnesota. Some I got to look at Green Bay's, but um, got to worry about that. It, it's. And not that I think that they're good, Scott, or that they're going to, you know, they really have the team to do anything. But this, I don't, who is good? Well, <laughs> I've been talking about, you know, like well, who's good in the NFC? I yeah. mean, that's the thing. The NFL this year is just, it, it, it's, it's down across the board. I mean, e- even the teams that are good. I mean, Christ, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got shut out by the, by the Saints. Nine Thanks. to nothing. Nine to nothing. You know, yeah. and you can have all the memes you want about Tom Brady getting angry during that game and he didn't have his weapons. But it's funny because people today are saying, well, you know, Tom Brady didn't have any of his weapons. You know, his he had an offensive lineman to go out. Daniel Jones has been dealing with this for the last two years. And everyone's like, hey, you know, Daniel Jones just sucks. And, and it's like common knowledge. Yeah, um, uh, if if you if you want to kind of move on from that now, I've got some more stuff on that this week. I don't know if you want to stay with the Dallas game here and then go no, to that no, no. in a no, bit, but no, you can go right there. But the, the, the idea that Daniel Jones and the questions are still being asked is, you know, is he the right guy? Let, let me ask people this. So those questions started from day one. Those questions started from his first start, his first season, how, when he got drafted, there were, there was questions about whether or not Daniel Jones was the right guy. Daniel Jones jumped onto a bad team that had four or five wins the year before. Now, he didn't improve that record at all as a rookie, but you know what he did do? He threw 24 touchdown passes in his rookie year. That is the best offensive line Daniel Jones has had. By the way, like 24 touchdown passes, and I think 13 or 14 been, interceptions. It would, have been, it would have been 30 touchdown passes if you prorated over the entire year, too. Yeah, that's the other yeah. thing. He only played 12 games. So here we are this year. Trevor Lawrence kind of brought into a similar situation where he's just putting put on a team, a bad team. Now they have, you know, it turns out Urban Meyer's a piece of shit, and you know the whole thing is <laughs> is crumbling around down around him. But he has like nine touchdowns and thirty interceptions right now, and no one is saying, "Ooh, is Trevor Lawrence not the answer?" You know, it's it's kind of this weird this weird thing with Daniel Jones where people haven't haven't seen it so they're they refuse to believe it even though they have seen it and they don't realize it because everyone everyone rates quarterbacks by the least the uh what's the word i'm looking for by the stat which is wins which is maybe the least thing that a quarterback has a control over mm-hmm. you know a quarterback i didn't mean that a quarterback certainly has control over wins and losses but there's so many other things that contribute to wins and losses Hey, yeah. I'll point to I'll point to two things, Mike. We've talked about the Justin Fields watch this entire season. Yeah, Justin Fields has been a turnover machine, which you don't hear people going. You know, there's a problem with Justin Fields and turnovers. They 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 just talk about the positive plays he makes, which have been few and far in between. Mm-hmm. I will also tell you another thing. There are a lot of Giant fans that have been calling for you know the Giants to go with like a Marcus Mariota type next year. And and their whole reason for saying that is that Jones hasn't put up the stats worthy of a starting quarterback. If you look at Marcus Mariota's last two full seasons in Tennessee, he had eight touchdown passes one year with 13 interceptions. And I think the next year he had 11 touchdown passes with like 
13 interceptions. Yeah. By so, the way, on a far better Tennessee uh, team on a far than better, are right yeah, now. <laughs> and a far better offensive line. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I would rather go the route of having Daniel Jones play another year, see how he does before you decide to pick up his option and then draft someone rather than sign someone like Marcus Mariota, sign a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, some, some guy like that. I, I just don't get the, the calls no. for that. I tell you another, I mean, we, we've been talking about this, um, the layers of Justin Fields, right? And another one we've touched on in a little bit, but I saw another statistic the other night or last night when they were playing, you know, Minnesota, um, Nagy, 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 the head coach, Nagy, Nagy, um, he's still, uh, he's on this hot seat, this proverbial hot seat in Chicago. And I think it stems back from his decision to start Andy Dalton at the beginning of the year over a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, who's unproven, was uh, you know did, had never stepped foot on an NFL field, and Nagy is still like getting backlash over this. As it, it's it's incredible. I mean, this team, and I you know they they showed ESPN they showed his statistics. Nagy, I forgot the guy was the coach of the year in 2018, which is only three years ago, and the guy has a 32 and 29 win loss record. He's yeah. above 500 with a pretty shitty team in the Chicago yeah. Bears. So yeah. I know we're talking about the quarterback position right now, but I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Why? I started to think about that in terms of like Joe Judge and our coaching staff. And, and it's not even Judge. It's just the It's just the losing culture that exists with the Giants right now where like somebody has to fall on the sword. All right. We talked about Jason Garrett being a guy. He's just one guy of many. Like, I don't want to even talk about the judge thing right now because I don't know what to do with him. But it's I, I, what I find unbelievable is that there's other teams that have proven and done much more than what Joe Judge and the Giants team have done. Guys, this loss last week, that put us at four and ten. So I'm sure you guys heard this. That now is the fifth year in a row with ten or more losses and seven of eight with ten or more losses. And you know me, I like I love to go back and look at the stats. I went back and looked at those years, and the so that goes back to 2014, for, where that's seven of eight stretch, the only one being the um, McAdoo's 2016 season with the playoff appearance. Oh, in 2013, we missed it by one. We lost nine games that year. So call it eight of nine. Yeah, this is what guys. This so this as uh, this is the giant team that we are currently. This has been a decade now. Call yeah. it just a decade, guys, of 10 yeah. or more losses a year. Where do yeah. we go? You know what's funny about that? And I know we've we've talked about how bad we've been a number of times. I don't think – I think the Giants carry a lot of clout in the league. I don't think your average NFL fan realizes that about the Giants right now. I, I don't think Joe Schmo, uh, you know, football team fan – thinks, oh, over the last decade, the Giants have probably been the worst team. I, I don't think that even enters their mind. Um, and it's <laughs> it's it's right the, the there. The reason it's it doesn't, enough. Mike, is because, again, the sports media, if they're not going to fixate something, uh, themselves on a story or something or a tagline yeah. or a storyline, then the rest of the league, or really just the you know fan other fan bases, they're not going to be aware of that. I guarantee if you ask people off the street or pick any tailgate, at, you know, pick anything, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, NFL fans. And they ask, who's who's had the worst record in the NFL in the last five years? How many people without knowing or guessing are going to say the New York Giants? 
They're not. They're going to say the Lions, the Jets. They'd be stunned if they knew it was the New York Giants. And that's yeah. it, this. We know that. And that's, I think, another reason why we're like almost delusional in the fact that the Giants really aren't as bad as they really are, because we think it's, you know, they're. They compete. They have, you know, there's a winning pedigree there. There's a winning history. You know, the Giants, you know, they, they, that's not really possible, right? It's We're not as bad as the Lions and the Jets. And no, we are. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, you know, pick any of those teams. But when you look at the standings, like even the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know. They're eight and six. They got Joe Burrow running around who, you know, lost half his leg last year. He's coming back. He's, you know, they, <laughs> he's sitting there at eight and six making, a, he's, they're, they're, they're winning there. They're leading the AFC North right now. How are these other teams? We've talked about this for a month now. How are these other teams doing it? You know what a bad sign was in retrospect when you look back that that things were on the edge of of kind of going down the drain and we didn't really notice it at the time. The way they let Coughlin go um, yeah. was it was a bad sign that this organization is not the same as it used to be. Um, you know, in my opinion, if Mike owns a football team, any football team, and I've got a coach who wins two Super Bowl titles in four years. That coach can coach for me until he dies on the field if he wants to. And and when the fans or the media get on me, I'm going to say, listen, guys, you're barking up the wrong tree. He ain't going anywhere. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a lifetime appointment here. And by the way, his quarterback, same deal. Uh, as long as that coach wants to play that quarterback, go. I, I will ride those two right into the ground. And if 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 it's not for wins, it's just for what they've given the, the franchise of the city. Um, you know, I, I hate to think that and this is how this ties back into the Justin Fields, Matt Nagy thing, Chris, is I, I hate to think that we're now one of those organizations that makes, you know, rapid fire decisions and listens to the media and, yeah. and, you know, sucks, takes all that in and acts on it all. Cause we were never that type of organization before we yeah. weren't Dallas. We weren't Washington, even though you could hear some of our fan base want to be, you know, they wanted us to make the ridiculous signings of players who were way over the hill. That that's what the fans wanted. That's what the media wanted. Our organization was stable enough to not mm-hmm. fall into that trap. And I feel like now we're just another one of those organizations that are falling into the trap. And you think about a guy like Chicago, Nagy at Chicago, they're doing the da- same damn thing. To your point, I hadn't thought about this before, but when you were just talking, Nagy's in an absolutely no win situation. Because, because if he, if he goes back to Dalton, you know, Dalton's not going to win him a bunch of games down the stretch, but I mean, I, Chicago with Andy Dalton beats us very easily, very easily. Chicago <laughs> with Justin Fields, it, that's probably going to be a close game, but, but he can't do that. They will run him out of town with torches and pitchforks if he well, does he, that. And yeah. he's getting very you could tell he's in the hot seat. I mean, last night he got a flag for arguing with the refs and he, he deserved, he deserved to argue with the refs. I, yeah. I'll tell you what, that, that crew was headed by a guy named Scott Novak. There was no business for Scott Novak and that crew to have any meaningful game going forward because that game was a shit show from the get go. There were, there was one play where they actually sacked fields fields, got up and complained for a late hit. And the ref looked at him and then threw the flag and said, yeah, I think that was a late hit. Yeah. And then they ejected someone for hitting fields late. Just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's no targeting rule in the NFL. So, so I guess there's a, a, a an extreme, uh, you know, personal foul now where you can just eject someone. Are you referring to the play Scott where fields took a fucking knee in the, knee. In the offensive yeah. backfield and yeah. like, and, and 
well, you're not down, son. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's it's not college. Like he he took a knee, I guess, to be giving himself up, and the guy tackled him and feels as he's being tackled is like looking complaining to the ref. I saw, yeah, I was watching that play. Yeah, so they called like, what do, they called a personal foul on that play, and then a little yeah. bit later he slid, and and, and, and yeah. the guy did hit him late, but but they threw the guy out of the game. I'm like, you know how yeah. many times there's been shots on a quarterback sliding that that doesn't get thrown out of the game? So so now we have this. The subjective idea of, of of just tossing people out of the game. But, you know, one thing I wanted to piggyback on, so I'm looking at the stats from right now. Cooper Cup, during the game that's going on right now, has nine receptions for 136 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He is a star of the Los Angeles Rams. Everyone knows he's going to get the ball. Why can't we have anyone on our receiving core who – is competent enough to, to be able to, ha- to even get a hundred yard receiving game. You know what I mean? It's a, it's one of those things where everyone knows Cooper cup's going to get the ball. He gets open. He, he gets the ball. Hunter Redfro's another one. You know, he doesn't do it as prolifically, but he gets the ball. You know, when Devonte Adams is out there that Rogers is looking for him with, with our giants, whether it's Jones behind the, the, you know, center Glennon, anyone, the way our offense is designed we don't open up plays for playmakers. We 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 run. It's almost like a, a robotic offense where we just run guys out and 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 you know they do what they do on that play. No one mm-hmm. no one has the ability to show their their true talent. That's my opinion. Spot on, Scott. I mean, they there's no game plan to highlight anybody in this giant offense. You know, like where a guy is targeted, like like you said, a Cooper Cup who's you know, 13 times a game and there's a game plan to get our, you know, anybody, the ball based on matchups, based on something they maybe saw in game preparation, film, something to highlight. That's it. That's the thing about the giants. It's like each and every week. That's again, it's the fucking hoarders reference where like every episode's the same. You walk into the, it look, it looks exactly the same. The offensive game plan. There's, there's no difference. What you can't tell what the game plan is. And it's not like we don't have, you know, talented guys. I, I think, right? I mean, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, um, Darius Slayton. Um, you know, th- these are talented receivers, are they not? To some degree, I, is it the route? It's a combination of the route running, the play calling, the offensive line not holding their blocks long enough, their quarterback not going, you know, re- going through the progressions and you know, timing, you know, the timing of their throws and patterns. It's all of it, guys. It's all from top to bottom a shit show. Yeah. It just is. Oh, and, we, and we should stop to, to give some praise to Sterling Shepard because he did blow out his Achilles yeah. during this last game, and he's probably played his last snap as a giant. And uh, yeah. Sterling Shepard's yeah. a guy, he, he couldn't stay on the field very long, but when he was out there, he he, he was, an, uh, he was yeah. a good route runner or a, a touchdown producer. He had He did have a handful of games where he was dominant. Uh, yeah. You know, and he, you know, when he was out for that long period of time, and remember he came back in that game. I don't remember if that was this year or last year, but he came back in that game like immediate impact to the offense. Uh, it's a guy I'll miss. I, I think of him a lot like I thought of uh, uh, our number 12, Steve Smith, back in the uh, first Super Bowl days. Uh, just a guy who just get did just a, your utility yeah. knife, right? Any, what do you need? What do you, yeah. need? you need you need me to go down the sideline? Do you need me to go over the middle? What do you what do you need me to do? 
Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a big miss. Uh, Chris, to, to piggyback on what you were talking about and Scott started a little bit. So here's an interesting new take I have. So I, you know, I'm thumbing through Twitter this week and I come across an Eli Manning highlight video. Um, and I will watch those a hundred percent of the time, but if anyone who follows me on Twitter, send me one of those, I guarantee I'll watch it. But what I noticed about watching Eli, and it was all, it was just a video of his best throws. I'm not one of them. There's probably 16 or 18 throws in this video and not, and not one of them did the receiver look open when he threw the ball. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that is the biggest difference. And if I have one criticism of Jones, that's it. And I, and I do, I said this like last year, I do think a lot of it was he had a little bit of a turnover problem and now he's in early in his career. And now he's had coaches hammering on him for three years and he's afraid of a turnover. And I, and I think that is probably the biggest thing that Eli Manning had over Daniel Jones is that Eli Manning was never afraid of a turnover. And, you know, when you've got a guy like Kenny Galladay, just throw the ball. I mean, Jake Fromm kind of figured it out (laughs) pretty quickly. (laughs) Just, just throw the ball in that direction. Uh, You know, Eli had a real knack. I I noticed this in the video of of pass after pass after pass of throwing that outside shoulder ball where either our guy was going to catch it or nobody was. Yeah, Uh, He did that very well. But just, you know, Daniel Jones, if you're listening, this is as open as these guys are going to get. Now, I I do agree with some of the stuff I said uh, earlier in the year, and we all said earlier in the year, is we do need to run some better routes that, have give these guys a chance to catch and run with the ball rather than our, you know, our five yard stick routes. But, um, that Dan, that's as open as they're getting, man. You just gotta, gotta throw the ball to him. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, as we speak, the, the, the Eagles are actually winning 20 to 17 against the, the, uh, Washington oh. football team, but, uh, we have Philly up next and Philly's going to get, so this week they got Garrett Gilbert as the starting quarterback for Washington football team. And five days later, they're going to get a third stringer for the Giants probably, which I, I assume the Giants are going to play Jake Fromm as a starter. I don't know, but maybe they'll go back to Glennon. But either way, when they say timing is everything, look at look, look at this, what Philly's walking into. Garrett yeah. Gilbert and uh, Jake Fromm. Jake from State Fromm. <laughs> that. That says it all, right? I mean, when you look at the standings, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now, guys, and just the NFC, and it is gross. I mean, it's really gross. Once you really get paid, because I don't know what to make of even like the Cardinals, Rams, and you know, the Niners are playing pretty well right now, actually. You know, I was going to highlight them and talking about another team that, you know, they were three and five. Nobody was talking about the San Francisco 49ers. They were just this average, mediocre, do nothing team, but they're sitting there at eight and six in, in this, you know, in a, in a playoffs position right now. So, that means, guys, I don't know how you feel about the expanded, um, you know, the, first of all, we're looking at a 17-game schedule now. We got games on – it's funny. If you look back last week, there's games like every day of the week going on now in the NFL. This is such a watered-down product. It's pathetic. <laughs> you got seven teams making the playoffs now. Why don't we just make it like the old NHL days where 16 out of 21 teams made it? You know, like the only – the, the Whalers were like the only team that didn't make it. You know, like <laughs> – it was remember that guys. It was the there were there were four yes. or five team divisions, and like the top four in every division, the Adams, Patrick, uh, what are they? The Smythe and Smythe the, Norris. Norris, of course, the NFC Norris. Anyway, <laughs> digress there with NHL, but um, we're looking at either you know the, the Washington football team or the Eagles uh, making the playoffs. That's pathetic. Well, 
Well, you know, the Browns yesterday, they they were playing the Raiders. They ended up losing against the Raiders. Had they beaten the Raiders, they would have jumped to first place in the division. By virtue of losing the Raiders, they are now last place in the division. That's how tight things are around the league. It's That's the league crazy. of parity. Yeah. It's, it's all, uh, you guys are all over this. It's all so watered down. And it's all, and, and of course the extra week is, is unnecessary. <laughs> it's as unnecessary as adding the extra team to the playoffs. Um, it's all watered down. And then we get, like I said, last week, we get gaslit every week that we're watching something <laughs> exciting and good. I mean, uh-huh. last night, I don't know if you guys watched the bears Browns last night, but the announcers are going on and on like this the playoff. This is like a playoff game. No, this is not. This is like a preseason game. I've this is some of the worst. Fo- I'm a Giants fan, and I think this sucks. Are you talking about the football game, Mike, that started at 5 p.m. Eastern yes. uh, on a Monday? It's, where like it's the 5 because, p.m. Game. like I, it's I can't tell when any of this shit is on right now. It's like the you know local news and weather, and oh yeah, there's an NFL game going on. You know, as I you know have my early dinner on, on a Monday night. Can't tell what the fuck's going on. You know, I it, it's funny you said that about the gaslighting, Mike, because I was watching that Chiefs game against the Chargers. And they were trying so hard to make this to be an instant classic. Yeah. And yeah. and I'll tell you what, it was a sloppy game. But the but the thing is, it was a close game and it went to overtime. So the next day, people were going, this was a game for the ages to watch. What do you mean? Mahomes made a bad throw. He made a, he had a he had a, a terrible fumble interception. Herbert throwed through an interception. This was not a well-played game. It was a very close game on the scoreboard. There's a difference between being well-played and, and, and a close game. And I don't think the NFL cares. They just, no. No. No, they, if, yeah. if they cared, they wouldn't have added one team to the playoffs. They'd have taken one out. You know, <laughs> they, they are watering down the playoffs now, you know, like, so pretty likely either the Eagles or the Washington football team, as you guys just said, are going to be in the playoffs. These are not playoff teams. You know, it's not even close what I'm watching the Miami here. Dolphins might make the playoffs. Yeah. I, oh, my uh, gosh. I mean, I'm looking at, yeah, again, I'm just looking at the standings right here, both conferences, and I, there, it looks like there's uh, like 12 teams that are either 6-7 and seven or 7-7. Seven and seven, You know, uh, and you look at the AFC, it's nuts. You can, yeah, like like I said, like, Cleveland went from being first in the division to last. Like they went from being like a five seed to like a twelve seed. I think they're twelfth right now. So that I, means so I, that uh, we'll be playing them next year because you know in this <laughs> with the extra game. No, we yeah. get the because uh, we're going to finish in last, right? In the NFC East next year, we get the it flips. The NFC gets the home game in the that one extra AFC matchup. Yeah, uh, this year was you know we were at Miami, so ne- I looked. So we get the we have the AFC North. At home, whoever finishes in last, that's the team we get at Met Death. So we don't know. That that could not that that matters. What I'm so freaking like just you know a lunatic right now. I'm looking into next year already. Yeah, as far as who we're we're playing in AFC, ridiculous. I know that Baker Mayfield wasn't playing, but I I was cheering for the Raiders in that game only because they kept saying during the game, you know, if Cleveland can find a way to win, they're in first place. I'm like. This team that I'm watching is a first place NFL team. Really? <laughs> I know. Really? Like, no, let's well, stop that from happening. That's the Cincinnati Bengals in that division. Yeah. The Bengals, they're in first place. Yep. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know what's crazy? I just also look at the standings. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
By the way, four and ten, the Giants. We're not eliminated yet. No, we're not. We <laughs> next to our name. Are you? You know what's funny? The Bears at four and ten are eliminated. Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody having to go through that scenario? Of what it would take for the Giants to make the playoffs? What in the world? How many different scenarios? Eighty-two different scenarios that for the Giants to make the playoffs. Well, the first scenario is Mike Lennon can't step on the field. I mean, oh. yeah. There is something that we called that happened. It happened tonight, right before we came on. I don't know if you guys noticed. But remember, they kept putting us in the hunt. Giants are in the hunt, in the hunt. And it was always the Giants and the Browns, right? So, Or, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Bears. Giants and the Bears. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the Bears are officially eliminated now. The Giants are not, as Scott just said. But when they put the playoff standings up tonight, we were not in the hunt anymore. <laughs> which, which we shouldn't be. But the reason we're not in the hunt is because the Bears are now eliminated. They wanted to keep the Bears in the hunt. So now that they can't, they just got, they said, fuck it. The Giants aren't going to just take them out. It's ridiculous. So I, I do have to give a shout out because this is something that, that a group of us have done every Christmas season for like the last three years now is, is we've gone out and, and we'll go to a restaurant. We'll pick a place. It's a, a casual restaurant. We'll, We'll have our meal and we'll all throw a hundred dollars down on the table and give that to the server after we leave. It's sort of like yeah, a Christmas. Love that. So, um, uh, you know, those, th- those that are giant fans, no, uh, license plate guy. He's like our version of fire marshal ad or fireman ed. Oh wait, mm-hmm. that's not fair. LPG license plate guy rules. Yeah. So, so L- <laughs> L- LPG is actually doing that with a group, uh, tomorrow. So I, I thought that was, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good, a good gesture for him to do. I think he's doing it in the New York city area. He told me if I uh, left tomorrow morning, I have nine hours and 38 minutes to get to New York. I can do that. <laughs> you can chip in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ain't happening. So pet peeves. Cardone. I'll start with you. You're All right. Guy. Yeah. I got a couple pet peeves uh, as, as usual. Airing of, right. Airing of grievances. Air, that's right. Right. Mike, I forgot it. It's the, since it's our festivist holiday and celebration. Way, yeah, uh, we have week. a full back half because we have pet peeves and then we have two questions tonight. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. All right. So, yeah. All right. Well, I better get to my, my uh, airing of grievances then or, or slash, you know, pet peeves. So one of them comes, uh, I was, it was going all the way back to the Colts and Patriots game. I highlight that game because if you guys remember that game, there was a, a, the Colts, they blocked a punt and then recovered it for a touchdown. So we've been talking about this a lot. And my pet peeve is these isolation cameras, right? On certain individuals. And this one I've always, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this one, but why is it that when there's a, a special special teams play, we get this ridiculous, ISO cam on the special teams coach and he's running around like he just won the fucking lottery and he he's always being picked up by one of his either like players and they're they're carrying him around like it's like he's Rudy and <laughs> uh, like why like whenever there's a pick six or uh, you know something uh, or, or, or a, I don't know a, a flea flick or a trick play on offense we don't lock in on the off the coordinator but with the special teams guy we always lock in on that coach whenever something happens take note of the, take note of this guys going forward whenever there's a special teams block or whatever happens they lock in on the special teams coach and he's always this guy like pumping fists in the air he's going yeah. wild. Doesn't matter what the scenario is. Doesn't matter what the score is. Doesn't matter of, of anything. But we must get that camera on the special teams coach, and we must be like carrying him off the like on the up and down the sidelines. Who was the guy with 
Dallas for yeah, years. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, Chris, I can prove your point because us three Giants fans sitting here right now know that Joe Apisano was the special teams coach of the Cowboys. Like all through the 80s and 90s, he looked like Doc Brown from yep. Back to the Future. And he got more TV time than LT. Yes, he did. <laughs> so there you go. Like, and this has been going on forever, guys. But you're yeah. right, though. Like, not to, like, he was the most infamous, famous, whatever you want to call it, special teams coach in the NFL. Yeah. Everybody knew who he was. And, like, we had to get his reaction to anything special teams related. It just yeah. drove me nuts. It still goes on. I was watching that I game. Doubt, yeah. It, yeah. So it was the Colts who block whoever the Colt, you know, special teams guy is going bonkers on the sidelines, <laughs> carrying him around. It was it's ridiculous. These isolation cameras, I don't know, I guess in a, in a three-hour football game, rather than actually have football plays with the running of the clock, the no measurements, let's just get as many isolation cameras as we can on meaningless people on the sidelines instead of actually having fucking football. You know what's funny about that is if you, if you compare the pros versus college, the pros always have the isolation camera on a particular person. College always scans like the wild college people. You know, it might be the band or it might just be people going crazy in the stands. It might be the, you know, the Duke guys jumping up and down during a basketball game, whatever it is. You know, it's, it's, it's never, it's never an isolation camera on some schmo on the bench just sitting there going, Murr. yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, like, you know, and, and, and how about, and like any other sport in general. Like when, in the NBA, when, when guys are shooting free throws, do they ISO? Oh, here's he's a free throw coach for the Knicks. Oh, there he is. He's over there. <laughs> right. Yes. But, but like in the NFL, there's there's position coaches for every position. There's a running backs coach, quarterbacks coach, you know, second. You know, we don't lock in on those guys if, if there's a – I don't know if there's a sack. We don't lock in on the, on the defensive line coach, do we? We don't even know who the guy is. Special teams? <laughs> Holy shit. Go find, uh, you know, Avanzato, whatever. Like, let's, why don't we get a fucking cartoon of him next time? Let's get cartoons of all the special teams coaches. <laughs> I love the cartoon idea. Oh, man. That one, and then I had another pet peeve where, guys, it, this is kind of a more of a subtle one where, let's, I, I can't even give a good example of a play. Let's say, um, I think I saw it the other, the, the maybe it was last night in the, in the, the Bear game where, uh, guy makes a stupid penalty. You know, uh, I think it was actually the guy on the Chicago. Had, well, there was personal. There was uh, several plays where there were personal fouls, like all in a row. Right, Scott. I think we uh, we were talking we were looking uh, talking about that. Anyway, as so the guy who who committed the penalty on Chicago, as he's trotting off the field, you see the coach coming over and you know said a quick word or did something. And the announcers every time must say, oh, yeah, well, they're talking about that play right there. He's telling them exactly what's going on, and, and you, you got to be smarter than that. And this and that. How the fuck do, you, do the announcers always know what, what the coach <laughs> is talking about to his player? Maybe they're talking about, like, did you see that hot dog that was thrown on the fan in, in Section 130? That was pretty funny. How the fuck do you always know what you're talking about? It drives me nuts. Aikman does it all the time, right? When he's, like, someone comes off the field and Aikman's just saying like, well, yeah, they're, they're, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's talking about that right now, that you got to secure the ball there or something. I want to say, Troy, how do you know what, what Mike McCarthy is talking about to his running back? How do we know this? They just assume. These announcers have all, they, they know everything. They're the smartest people on earth. They know exactly every conversation on the sidelines watching a, a, the replay of a game. Drives me crazy. By, by the way, did you notice that we also had Schlereth as our our announcer this last game again. Yes. I think we had him for what is that seven or eight games now? I mean, 
it has gotten to the point of absurdity. Is he? I think he's on the Giants' payroll. <laughs> I mean, he's he's it's Papa Bank slash Schlereth. Schlereth. Yeah. 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 He he was uh, he was Schlereth was super excited about Barkley's uh, one-handed catch. Yeah. Yes, he was. It was. He it was one of the best one one yard catches I've ever seen. I was gonna say for one yard. <laughs> yeah, Schlereth. I love this game. I yeah. love this game. Schlereth went nuts, man. And I like I listened live, I listened to Poppin' Banks, which by the way is never why I never get in on the conversation with you guys, like the text during the game. I am so far behind. <laughs> like when, like I, I you know, I texted you guys, I said, Oh great, we're sixty two nothing before the half now oh, and scott said yeah we didn't about bring to that be up 65 yeah. and i'm like what 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 do you, what do you mean about to be 65 what, what what the fuck does that mean and then Barkley <laughs> fumbles I'm like no <laughs> yeah by the way that that's a that's perfect we're no longer 59 and oh we're 65 and oh at the end of the yeah. half and that's actually a good segue because i was going to talk about this in a segment but now i'll just make it my pet peeve since i know we're we're pressed for time in the back end what the fuck is going on with this? This is the stupidest thing I have ever seen. Do you I like I ran some numbers on this. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, right? So the last 2 minutes of the half make up 3.3% of the game. And and you know, through extrapolation, 3.3% of the season. We are in that 3.3% of time we are being outscored 65 nothing. Our point <laughs> differential, check this out. Our point differential for the season is 93. <laughs> so that means outside of the last two minutes of the half, we're only being outscored by 28. We're only <laughs> negative 28 if you remove the last, the last two minutes of the first half. This is like the craziest thing i mean and actually the funny thing which i found out when i was looking is we, we haven't even given up the most points in the last two minutes you know the vikings have given up more points than us in the last I, two minutes i bet you the vikings, the vikings have at least scored the vikings have scored <laughs> some points as well yeah along with the you know in the last two minutes so yeah so 20 of all the points we've given up this year 20 percent have been scored in a in a two-minute period before the half. So I, I went, I went back through our schedule and I lowered all of our opponent's scores by 20% just to see what would happen. We are seven and seven. <laughs> if you lower all of our opponent scores by 20%, wow. we are seven and seven. I, I can't explain this. I know it's bad coaching because it's the only thing it can be at this point. It cannot be like just some weird anomaly, right? It's, it's, it's somehow coaching related. Like our coaching, coaches aren't savvy enough to set us up to have the last possession. Or if they do set us up to have the last possession, you know, we go three and out and take 13 seconds off the clock. So it, I, I don't, I can't explain this other than I know it's shitty coaching. Cardo brought this up in the last pod. There's like not had a, there's not been a situation like just by happenstance and we kick a field goal with like 140 left in the half, yeah. you know, and, and, and kick off. No, like we haven't even had a point or a meaningful drive in the last two minutes where we're, we're threatening for points. Yeah. Like where it just yeah. happened accidentally, you know, like just I, think about that. It's uh, yeah. It, it's call it whatever you, you, you want. It's, it's, 
absolutely points to terrible coaching and terrible time management. It has to. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's crazy that the, like there hasn't been a fumble at the 50 yard line with two and a half minutes left that we've gotten the ball and moved into field goal range. Exactly. I, that's not happened. That's, no, no. you know, we've, it's an inter- we've had a, we've a, had a, a fumble and then not move the ball at all. Right. <laughs> I like tell a, you guys, a decent, I, a decent punt return with three minutes left at a half would get it done. I'd well, like to go back and look this further to see. I mean, Graham Gano is having a really good year. Like, has, did Graham, has he even attempted a field goal? Like, did, did he miss maybe a, a couple field goals in there that I'm not, that I don't recall? Maybe. That's I don't even, question. have we even attempted a kick? That's a good question. That's my homework. My homework for next week. That's I, our homework I'm assignment. Going to, yep. I'm going to look at our last drives of every, of the first half of every game. Because I imagine this is a topic that'll come up again. Because I am, it, this is insanity. Mike. No answer for it. Pet peeves, Mike? That was that was my pet peeve. Right. <laughs> I, I, I got two. And and both are, are they're they're sort of tied together. But you know, I was watching the, the Minnesota Chicago game the other night, and I'm thinking to myself, it's just impossible to be a defensive player today. Mm. So so Chicago closes on a Minnesota receiver, hits them legally. Jars the ball loose for an incompletion, and yet the flag comes in. You know, unnecessary roughness on a on a defenseless receiver. Well, the guy hit him. Actually, the guy punched the ball out. Didn't even hit him, other than just punching the ball out. But that's what they called because it looked bad. You know, the ball went flying. Yep. Guy looks like he's he's going. So you can't review this. We've touched upon this in past pods. You can't review that that that's a penalty, but it's it really is impossible. Like a defensive player today, you you have any sort of contact with a receiver, you might get flagged. It, it doesn't even have to be anything that impacts the play. So I saw one again. I think it was Chicago, Minnesota, where they threw a flag on a guy that that touched a receiver coming across the middle, never impacted his route, never slowed him down. Yet they threw the flag for defensive holding. How is it holding? If you actually don't grasp the guy, I don't know. But they're making I, shit up, Scott. <laughs> I mean, I, I anything like to help the do. offense. I feel, like I feel like they're making rules up these days. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll stand by what I said earlier in this year. They, they need to fire every official over fifty, and and burn the rule book and start over. Well, and, and, and that's a good segue to my second pet peeve because it's the rule book. It's, it's this whole idea. We we've. We've said this for years now, but what the fuck is a catch? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking about the 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 Diggs interception in the end. Yeah, zone. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So, so you know, oh yeah, God, that was nuts. He, he yeah. goes for the catch. Galladay strips the ball from him. McCarthy challenges, so it's not called an interception on the field. McCarthy challenges, and somehow they look at that play. They say he's down, and that the I, I I don't understand. If it's a receiver, the receiver's not getting credit for a touchdown in that in that capacity. So why is he getting credit for an interception there? And 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 the the worst thing was a little bit later, Galladay had a catch on the sideline, similar play. It shouldn't have been a catch either. He he dropped the ball as he was going to the sideline. I don't understand why it used to be you had to survive the ground to make a catch. 
Nowadays, it's like, well, wait a minute. You got your two feet down. You're okay. When it's been so inconsistently ruled over and over again. So the so next game we watch that same play, we'll, 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 neither of them will be catches. It all depends on who's, who's under the hood. Yeah. yeah. They, we've they've got to clarify that. But both those, both those plays. So one was ruled an incomplete and it was overturned to be an, an interception. The other one was ruled a complete pass and it was just a, upheld. But I, I don't get how you could overturn what was an incomplete pass to an interception. And my, my a secondary pet peeve to that is after the overruling, the Cowboys get to celebrate and go to the camera in the, in the end zone <laughs> because they had an interception. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I've seen taunting brutal. calls across the NFL for less than that. Yeah, which, by the way, based on these games I've watched since Sunday night, I think the refs have been told to back down on calling taunting because I've seen some really bad examples of taunting that haven't been called, uh, which I'm fine with. I, I don't think they should be. But uh, I it, the only thing I don't know, Scott, and if, if this is the truth, then they need to look at this, is the standard for an interception lower than the standard for a catch? It shouldn't so be. does an it intercepting player not have to survive the ground? That, that shouldn't have to happen. No. And if, if that's the case, then that's just stupid. Now, you know, it, most rules in this league are slanted toward giving the offensive a boost. That would be quite a, a difference in standard that would give the defense a boost. So maybe I'm not completely against that uh, happening. But um, yeah, in that case, when, when you see the guy intercept the ball and have the ball ripped out in the end zone, and you know, well, well, hell, if rolls were reversed there and, you know, Galladay, whoever that was, had caught that ball, that wouldn't have been a touchdown. So how if it can't be a touchdown, how could it how can it be an interception? It, uh, you know, again, I, I hope nobody listening thinks that I'm saying that changed the game in any way. <laughs> shape, or form. No. But, but just a just a point of interest. Yeah, oh, that's right. So we do have uh, two questions tonight. Um, one of them comes from our friend, the ogre, we'll call him, which right. he, he sends a giants, uh, oriented question today. You know, he is a jets fan, but he said, what, pri- what position should we prioritize with the two draft picks that we're getting next year? Two high draft picks too. So I'll start this one. Cause mine is very easy. I want an offensive lineman and I want an edge rusher. If I had to stick to, yep. Well, you just stole my answer, Scott. That's exactly what I was thinking. Both those two positions. That's it. Uh, protecting our guy and get on, going after their guy. And, and by the guy, I'm referring to quarterback, obviously. So, yeah, we need a stud offensive lineman and a stud edge rusher. That's it. Those are the first two picks that where I would go. Setter guard. Yeah, I, I'd go. Yeah. I'd go. I'd go two best offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. I take an too. edge rusher at the. Yeah, you know, we we have a. Well, the Dolphins are making that pick. Suck for us in the second round, right? Is that the Dolphins' second round pick, which looked like a pretty good pick a couple weeks ago? It still might be if they miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. But I, I'd go, I'd, I'd go for a little bit lower round edge rusher, and I, I know that's. I think uh, a lot of draft experts would tell you you can get good offensive linemen later in the draft. Edge rushers are kind of a premium, um, but just. So, in my opinion, again, and maybe the Giants and some people even listening don't feel this way, but in my opinion, the Giants are a playoff team this year with a good offensive line. And of course, you, no one can survive the injuries we had this year. But um, 
you know, I, I think the Giants biggest problem going back a decade has always been offensive line. Yeah. I would take this opportunity to fix it. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I would not be at all sad with it, with an edge rusher and a, and a like that with that Linda bomb from Iowa the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that would not upset me one bit. So our, I mean, the good news is, is we're pretty locked in the fifth and sixth spot right now between, you know, our pick and what we're Chicago sitting. So I know we play each other in two weeks, but, um, you know, looking at, it looks like teams, they have even yeah. have a game buffer there too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. I think that the only thing that game is actually going to matter for, which we thought it was going to be a big deal, but it's just going to matter which of those picks is first for us. <laughs> it's really <laughs> yeah. the only thing. Really doesn't matter. Matters for. I saw a mock draft today that had the Giants um, trading up to number two and taking Aiden Hutchinson. Hmm. I would dislike that mightily. I agree. I I love yeah, I Aiden Hutchinson, but yeah, I I want those two picks. I want the two. Picks. I would I would even say I'd rather take one of our picks and then trade the second one down for more picks. You know, if I'm going to yeah. go a trade route, but yeah. So we have a second question, and and this one could be a little confusing because it's from Big Sexy Dexy. Oh. So so it's oh, Dex, it Dexter me. Lawrence rather than a big sexy who could have been a a, a nickname of one of us possibly. <laughs> so, so Big Sexy Dexy asks, "What's the best advice you've ever received?" So it's not really football related. I don't think it's just a general question. I'll start with a uh, Mike on this one. Oh man, I know you, you gave us a little bit of a warning too, and I didn't think enough about it. Uh, I didn't think enough about it. I think, uh, and I, I might come back with more, but just off the top of my head, I, and for the best advice I ever received, I didn't follow, um, which would will probably be a theme. Uh, but uh, my my grandfather told me, probably I was probably about sixteen, and he said, "Just do me a favor, whatever, just one thing, whatever you do." Don't go into debt. <laughs> Said if you if you if you get a credit card and you use it, pay it off that month. He said you'll Pretty you'll good. thank me and and I would have I totally would be like oh, my grandfather was the best but I did not listen. <laughs> so, Cardone, you know my mine is kind of recent it might be kind of lame because this like i said this this answer could go anywhere right you know in, in terms of uh you know any aspect of life but um it's funny wait, wait, before you came on scott mike and i were talking about um investing in fantasy football and i tell you i got good advice to kind of end my retire from fantasy football if you will so i will keep mine football related and and you know just kind of jovial for the you know the podcast here but um it was the decision to uh, the taking the advice of just Cardone, get out of fantasy football. You'll feel like the stress. You'll feel much better about just watching NFL games, you know, without just lamenting over agonizing over missed extra points or whatever. And I got to tell you, I was like, I don't miss it for a bit. I've been out about three years now. Best decision I've made in the last probably you know, it's not about it's not changing what I've my 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 diet or working out or doing some. It's probably. Um, or even my divorce or whatever, you know, it's probably, um, <laughs> probably getting out of fantasy has saved my sanity. So pretty good advice. And you I'm know, glad I took it. Yeah. We're doing this pod right now and I'm sweating whether or not 
Daryl Henderson for the Rams is going to get an extra yeah. 30 yards. Or I can Matt, see your forehead glistening, actually, or, on this, or, my screen here. Or Matt Gay's going to kick another field goal. I, I, I survived both, but... Uh, yeah. I don't give a shit what either one of those guys do. Yeah. I don't, I'm just I'm just sitting here yucking it up, talking to you guys, and you know trying to trying to put on a good podcast for the three angry giant fans. Not worried about a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have two two uh, tidbits that I've gotten. So on my wedding night, my uncle Jim, who at our you know we had a we had a you know place where everyone stayed, and we had a you know what do they call it the reception room or whatever. So. We, we, we declared the reception room Uncle Jim's Pleasure Palace because he was in there with all of his drinks and all of his buddies. And, and you know, we went in there. It was like a party room. But he told me on my wedding night something that stuck with me to that day. He said, Scott, he said, think about this. If you're watching a game on Tuesday night and the Rangers are down three goals, shut it off. Say to your wife, hey, let's go do something. Mm-hmm. Because you know Wednesday night you might want to watch the game. Or Thursday night you want to watch the game. That, to me, was some of the best advice ever. Because you can walk away from a game, and I don't do this with the Giants, but I do do it with the Rangers or the Knicks or the Yankees. I can get up in the sixth inning of a game that's 7 to nothing and go, hey, you know, hey, you want to do something? Hey, babe, let's go apple picking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it kind of reorganizes your priorities, Scott. You look like, right? It's I can see that's, that. Yeah, that's pretty that's damn good really advice. Really good advice. That yeah. really is. And I think I told Mike this story. So I think it was the it was the playoff game versus the Vikings. So I went to the mall. <laughs> we had the game in hand. Like this was the the Chris Callaway game where he, you know, the the the, the, oh. the Vikings. Do the onside kick, get the yeah. kick, and everything else, and they ended up winning probably the game. Took it, they probably showed the special teams coach after the Vikings recovered. Oh, that yeah. You know but anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Scott. So, no, no, no. no so, so I was not present for the end of that game, and, and, and to this day, I am deathly afraid of leaving a Giants game because of that. Mm. No, I stayed present, and it's still, we still lost, so don't worry about it, man. You can, you yeah. can leave. <laughs> uh, other advice I've gotten, so... Uh, I've I've heard this one since it, at the time I got it, I thought my grandfather made it up. So I thought this guy is like a legend, which I do, by the way, I do still think my grandfather was a legend, but my grandfather told me this is a little bit later. Uh, it's probably 20, 20, 22, but he said, uh, if it fucks floats or flies rent, don't buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good. That's a really yeah, good that down. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll, no, yeah. I, I have, you do not want to buy a boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or an airplane, apparently. Or an airplane. Yeah. Just <laughs> ask John Denver. Yeah. yeah. John Denver's full of shit, man. You don't, you actually never want to build a plane. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no experimental. That's crazy. Yeah. Never build a plane. I don't care how rich you are. Like the rich are fucked when it comes to planes. If, if I'm a rich guy, I'm taking a commercial flight. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never right. getting on a single plane. Right. How many NASCAR drivers have been killed in helicopters? That's like the, the it's way too the the ratio is way too high. I'm, t- I'm taking a commercial flight to wherever I'm going. Well, either that, Scott, or you got to take the Costanza advice and take the Ted Danson plane. You got to take that one. So you can- <laughs> it's the same plane, Ted Danson. <laughs> so the, 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 the second 
The second piece of advice I had was from one of my bosses, and he said, don't chase life. And what he meant by that is don't be the guy that is always going after the next big thing. So if you have a million dollars in the bank, do you need two million? Do you need three million? Because when you turn 65 and you retire, you're not going to be happy with the million you have. You're going to be going after the next two, three million. Just be happy with what you've accrued and go. Mm-hmm. Going to the sunset. That guy's full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying we should be happy with like four Super Bowl titles and we shouldn't be going for more? I don't know. (laughs) I I am. Actually, I I do take that take a lot. I I think to myself, I'm happy as hell that we've had the success we've had. I'm sad that we're in a situation we're in now. But I love the fact that I've been able to enjoy four Super Bowl wins. How many people could say that that are NFL fans? I, I go through every season like this now, like a season like this, I just want to be over, but like, like you guys said, I'm super happy with four. Not a lot of people can say that. And a lot of the ones who claim to be fans of those teams weren't around when a lot of those Super Bowls Mm -hmm. were won. You know, we've seen all four. That's right. Uh, That's a cool thing. You know, there's none from like 1968 that we're claiming (laughs) (laughs) jet fans, Uh, but you know, but, but I also, I don't want Dallas to get any more ahead of us and I don't want Washington to get another one. I don't want Philly to get another one. So as long as they're not doing it at the end of the year, I'm I'm like, okay, well just, that was just a year gone by. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. Right. It's just the teams that we can't afford to have another title. You know, we got to root for those teams to win it all, you know, and thank God they only get one of these a year. You know what I mean? So like the giants have been dicking around for, you know, for 10 years or whatever, but at least they only, you know, there's, there hasn't been right to, to, to the point we're making is that um, there's still only what five franchises that have more Super Bowls than the Giants. Um, if I had that right, I think, you know, so is it even pretty, that many? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think New England, San Fran, Dallas, Pittsburgh, uh, maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. That's it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So we are the three angry giant fans. Uh, we did get two questions this week. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at angry underscore three. Um, or if you're a friend of the pod, just text me a question or email questions or, or just grab us on the street, kick us in the nuts and say fan appreciation day, throw a free Pepsi in our face. And, uh, you know, I ask a question, but, uh, we are the three year giant fans, your host, Scott giant, Mike and Cardone. And we'll be back next week to talk about Philadelphia. We'll see how that goes. We didn't really break that game down today, but uh, I don't really feel too bad about not doing that because it's sort of a season. I don't give a shit about after yeah, we, we already, we broke <laughs> down, down. A, we already broke down a Philly game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to that same shit. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, not much to break down. No, nothing to do here. Go back six weeks and uh, give us a listen. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. All right. Have a good week, guys. Uh, you guys. If we don't speak with you, 